0: just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
1: Here i Chicago! Three titles in six years, yes, it is worth cheering for Cherry for. Welcome back to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Dave Melton here, your host again for another show, and feeling feeling pretty good tonight, actually. You know, the, the Blackhawks have won three in a row. They had a win tonight that was up there with the most, the least stressful victories I think they've had all season. So, I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually feeling pretty good. And uh, we'll see if the usual suspects are feeling the same way. I've got two guys with me tonight that you're all quite familiar with. He is to Second City Hockey what a pair of eyeglasses are to Jeremy Colleton. It is Brandon Kane.
2: Hey, I'll take it. I'll take
1: that. He's one of the editors. He makes us look good. That works, right?
2: Yeah, that's that's a fair analogy.
1: All right, there you go. Perfect. And also with us tonight, he is to Second City Hockey what the Carolina Hurricanes have been to the NHL for the last, like, five years, Shepard Price.
0: I'll definitely take that.
1: Yeah. The the uh, analytic darling's, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And
0: also and also and also also stout defensively.
1: How do you feel about post-game victory celebrations? I love them. Absolutely. Good answer. Good answer. So, as I mentioned at the top, uh we come to you just a few hours after the Blackhawks beat the Montreal Canadiens 4 to 1, Chicago's third win in a row. They're four games out of are four points out of a wild card spot. Uh, They're not in last place in the Central Division anymore, so everything's coming up Millhouse right now for the Blackhawks, but we also have to mention that the three teams they beat are two of the worst teams in the league in Ottawa and Detroit, and then Montreal is kind of a middling team in the Eastern Conference, middling towards the bottom, but uh, not quite as down in the dumps as Ottawa and Detroit are. But either way, the point is that those are three teams that they probably should beat, but... I guess we give the Blackhawks some credit because they actually did beat them. But the question I would like to ask you, Brandon Kane, is Has anything from these last three games, and actually the, the decent run of play they've been on for about two or three weeks now, has any of that, because I believe you, like me, did not pick the Blackhawks to make the playoffs this year, has anything that's happened recently changed that thought in your mind, or maybe have you softened on that stance at all because of it? Nope. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say, because I, I think I'm right there with you, but I just, just had to check. It's, but feel, but nice feel free to, have to those away. like,
2: It's nice to have those rides of positivity, but right. you just see that they're going against Ottawa and they have to climb out of a two-goal hole. It's like, no, nah, it's not really like what you want to see after a team that's going right. to make the playoffs sort of deal. Um, not to say that they can't, like, pull something out of their collective asses, but uh, Mm -hmm. it just seems like, hey, if you're playing Ottawa, you want to stomp on their throat and win 4-1. Right. Decisively. Not that they, like, as the game wore on against Montreal, it wasn't as lopsided in Chicago's favor as it was early on. Um, So they just don't have the gear like other teams do to just be like, oh, we got to get our shit together and just dominate a team.
1: Yeah, I I think they can only do that if it's like some of the worst teams in the league. Like that second period against Detroit, the Hawks just kind of turned it on and Detroit had no answer for them. And then –
2: I think what they did against Detroit was they like looked at who was on the ice and were like, I don't know who that is.
1: Oh, right, I guess right. we probably yeah. should
2: be beating these guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing they're all wearing their names on the back because I had no idea who the hell they were by their faces. Like, they have yeah. Justin Abdelkader and
2: – Some dudes.
1: And Dylan Larkin and – then Trevor opposed- Daly. Jo- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember Trevor Daly crawling around in his own zone trying to skate while the Hawks scored what I think was the go-ahead goal. But, yeah, um, that, that, there's a whole lot of no-names on that Detroit roster, and Ottawa's isn't much better. I also forgot Anisimov was in Ottawa. Totally forgot about that until that game a co- few days ago.
2: Uh but Yeah, so if you look at a roster and you can be like, "Oh yeah, I know who that is." The Blackhawks probably don't have a good chance of beating them. If you look at a roster and you're like, "I who is that?" then they probably should beat them.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of a – I think you can you can take whatever you want from these victories. I mean, the most optimistic of people can look at it and say, well, you know, early in the season, they weren't even beating the crappy teams. And now they're at least beating the crappy teams." So we know the Blackhawks aren't as bad as Ottawa, Detroit, and Montreal. But I think if you put these rosters side by side, the Blackhawks should be destroying these teams. They're, even without Sod and Stroman in the lineup because of injury, the Blackhawks roster is just that much superior to whatever these other teams are throwing out that, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that the Hawks won these games. I just – like you were saying earlier, just it, it kind—it's just nice to have something to feel good about for a change when there hasn't been a ton in the last couple of seasons.
2: Gorgeous in Chicago sports in general.
1: Well, the 2020 White Sox are here to cure all your ills, so Brandon. Don't you worry.
0: He's a Cubs fan, though. Yeah, I we, know. On, only only me and
2: you get the joy of the <laughs> yeah, 2020
1: White Sox. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, about no, that. but
2: I get to I get to listen to Benetti call games, so like I'm okay. fine with that. Oh, there you go. So.
1: How are you going to feel when they? How are you going to feel when the Cubs trade Chris Bryant, like the best, the potential like best player in franchise history? Is that going to be fun?
2: I mean, the like reaction will be entertaining to watch.
1: Yeah, and then the reality will settle in that they just traded away Chris Bryant, and I—I'll I, legitimately feel bad though. I, I don't want to actually wish that to happen because I don't want to be one of those guys. Because yeah, that would be bad. That'd be, that would be, like, the equivalent of if the Blackhawks had given in to all the trade Patrick Kane talk from, like – Ryan Miller. For Ryan Miller, exactly. Ryan Miller, who's, like, a backup, I think, in Vancouver?
0: Anaheim. Anaheim. Anaheim?
1: Who's a backup, Anaheim. and Patrick Kane is still putting up 100-point seasons. Boy, that would have been a great move by the loss. Anyway. And
0: Corey Crawford, who had a better decade than Miller. Arguably. Better everything
1: than Ryan Miller and don't – let anyone else tell you otherwise. I remember when people thought Ryan Miller was better than Corey Crawford. God. we 2010s were wild. Yeah. Uh, Shepard Price, I'll ask you the same question as Brandon. I think you had the Blackhawks as one of the wild card selects. Yep. I had,
0: I, had a, I had a few teams that will not be making the playoffs <laughs> as wild cards. I had I had uh, Chicago, and then I also had the New Jersey Devils. Oh, so, nice, nice. I think somebody... I had the Tampa
1: Bay Lightning winning the cup last year, so we, we all well. saw how well that worked out. Yeah. But, um, I mean, has, has anything that's happened in the last few weeks? I mean, not only have they won the last three games, but they have gone 8-4-0 and oh, in their last 12 games. So winning 8-12 is pretty good over the last month or so. Uh, anything out of this stretch? Do anything for you change your mind about this team at all?
0: Uh, so the cautious optimism has sort of been the whole overarching theme of this year. Uh, it's been towards the cautious side a lot in recent months. The optimistic side is, try- is trying to grab me right now because they are beating teams without Sod and Strom, two of their best players. Uh, I still it, it's it's an argument whether they miss Shaw, but I it's it's arguable that he's one of their best players on the power play, so they miss they they do miss him to some extent. Uh they're winning games, and it's hard not to enjoy that. Uh and it's hard not to look at the roster and see Olimada and Slater Cuckoo playing out of their minds right now. And to see a first line that actually works because Dominique Kubelik and Jonathan Taves are going
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, see the, and, and see the bottom six start to go once Drake Kajula got back. It's hard not to enjoy watching this team right now, but at the same time, there's the understanding that Corey Crawford could go back to 905 instead of 970 at any time. Right, um,
1: right. Well, the bottom, unless they bottom, play every game in Montreal, then we're right,
0: the bottom could literally drop out. Eric Gustafson could start falling down again on ice. <laughs> uh, they <laughs> haven't moved. They haven't moved him, and their system doesn't work. They're still one of the worst possession teams in the league. They got dominated by Montreal even strength tonight. Um, mm. Montreal, the Chicago Blackhawks of the Eastern Conference,
1: <laughs> uh, minus, minus three cups last decade.
0: I think that's the last decade, but they have twenty seven, so I think they're fine.
1: Like half of those shouldn't even count because there were six teams in the league. Hey, don't don't
0: mess with John Beliveau and Henry Richard and, and Rocket.
1: Watch me.
2: Yeah, Nineteen seventy one one does not count. Yeah. Yes it does. Yes it does. It does not. As a as a as a person who likes hockey history, it does. Okay.
1: Um, Look up the uh,
2: 1971 final and then tell me if it counts. <laughs> but, but, did not expect the, a 1971
1: the Stanley Cup debate on this one. Well, well done, Brandon.
0: <laughs> just no, end, it's, it's hard, it's hard not to enjoy the block right now. Uh, and it's just having an understanding that they're not going to be enjoyable probably the rest of the season. They still have to go, what, like 21 and 8 or 21 and 7 the rest of the way? That's not going to happen.
1: Yeah and and I have to correct myself they've actually I forgot to include the game that they just won they've actually won 9 of 13 which is even more impressive but I mean you go down this the, the list of teams that they're beating not exactly the uh the 1971 Chicago Blackhawks if you will it's, uh, <laughs> I mean they beat Montreal, Ottawa, Anaheim and Detroit all terrible. Calgary's a playoff team but I mean okay, Columbus is better the Islanders are good. That was a good, solid win. They beat the Avalanche in a game. I'm still not sure how they pulled that one off where they scored, I think, three or four goals in the third period, and they beat Winnipeg. So, like, there's it, – it, it's kind of hard to – I I, I kind of want to go back to one thing that you mentioned, though, Shepard, where you said, like, the the what we're seeing on the Blackhawks now, I think this was kind of the idea when they built this team. It's that, you know, Taves and Kane have their nights when they're on fire, and they can pretty much – carry the Hawks to victory. And now and then you're starting to see some depth guys pop up. Like tonight, Kajula had a beautiful setup on the first goal that Zach Smith scored and then he scored his own goal later on. Zach Smith scored twice. Dominic Kubalik's been on fire for three a couple of weeks now, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But this seems like it was the ideal like this is what the Blackhawks were supposed to be. And if sodden Strome comes back or return to the lineup and they're healthy does that make this team even better? Assuming they can play, continue playing like this,
0: I don't see why not. Okay, but again, it's like it, it's and then but it, heh, system is the one thing that stands in their way. It doesn't. It's not a good system.
1: Yeah. The every now and then the the man to man thing just looks it looks awkward the way they don't like you're used to whenever a. A player in the offensive zone is skating with the puck and goes from behind the net, up the wall, back to the point. You're expecting the switch to come, and it never comes because that's not how their system works. It just looks strange to be watching it on TV because you're so – like from watching the Blackhawks from the last decade with Quinville's system where they did switch, and it's it's very weird to see that now. Um, Yeah. But let's – while we were there uh, a few seconds ago, let's talk about the one guy that's been scoring goals – like crazy and he didn't score tonight which is uh brooks i think it was a six game goal streak for dominic kubalik that it was five game i believe five game game. scored a lot of goals in a very short amount of time he's probably seven and five seven and five he's probably in the calder trophy discussion he probably won't win it because kale mccarr is almost guaranteed to win it but uh brandon i'll bring this over to you um where did this come from and uh just what's going on? How how is this all happening? I think he just said fuck it
2: <laughs> and was like, I'm gonna score.
1: <laughs> oh, words to live by.
2: <laughs> because really, like he was just like, Oh, I'm just gonna like set up at the face-off dot, like, we'll see that this works, and then he kind of had a cold streak there, and then as like Taves kind of took over for a little bit there. He kind of rode with him and then he was like, Oh, like I can just go anywhere and shoot. All right, I'll do that. And it just kind of worked for him for a few games. And then he was just like, Oh yeah. Like I can't do anything wrong right now. So I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Um, And even in against Montreal, like he had four or five chances where it was like, Oh yeah. How does that, how does that not work for a guy who's been so hot of late?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah there was a passing play i think it was in the first period where he had a he ended up with like a 10 foot breakaway in on the montreal goaltender tried to go five hole and i thought for sure the puck was going in like once i saw it was number eight with the scoring chance right in front of the net i was waiting for the hands to go up because that's the way it's been going for of late but I, I think you touched on you something. saw it was
2: eight and not 68 and you're like yeah that's going <laughs> in
1: yeah yeah slater cuckoo's getting 10 foot breakaways we're we, we got to <laughs> talk about it but I think the thing you, you mentioned is, is just kind of, I think one of the most, one, one of the hardest things for uh, athletes, I think at any professional sport and hockey's definitely on this list is just try some shit. Like, like you have to be defensively responsible. You can't be, you know, dangling at your own blue line or in the high slot when there's three guys on you. But if you have an opportunity to do something, take a swing, see what happens. You know, like, Kubelik seems like he's figured that out. Like you said, he's just – I'm just going to try some – see what happens. Maybe I'll get some goals out of it. And now he's starting to get goals at a rate that's certainly not sustainable, but I, I think it suggests that he's – his ceiling seems like it's getting higher every game he plays now. And so,
2: the, the crazy thing is these goals are coming at even strength too. Right. I think he only has like three power play goals of his 18. Right. He doesn't play that much on the power play.
1: I, right. yeah, which he, is it's which only been in the last yeah. couple of weeks he started being on the power play because he was scoring goals like crazy. Kubelik has why can't I find him on the stat sheet? He has two power play goals this year.
2: That's what it is two, not three. Yeah, and
1: that's but. and honestly, that seemed high to me because he's not he's not playing on the top unit because the that top <laughs> unit recently has been Boquist, Doc, Taves, Can, and DeBrinken. So, so, but yeah, I and. Uh, Shepard, what about you? Do you have any anything you've noticed about Kubelik, about what he's doing that's making him so good of late?
0: Dominique Kubalik has the second best shoot uh, shot rate on the Chicago Blackhawks team. Uh, he puts more pucks on net than anybody that's not Patrick Kane. Um, this is sustainable because of that. He shoots like nobody else. He just he knows that he has to shoot it, so he shoots it. Um, and he shoot plays like. Yep, <laughs> shoot or shoot which is a lesson that Alex Debrinkat apparently needs to be retaught because he's shooting less than Dominique Kubelik. And Debrinkat scored 41 goals last season. Where is, where is he? Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. Dominique Kubelik has been excellent. And he's, he, do, he, he does, like, basically everything right. He's good at, in his own end. He moves the puck well. He skates well. Like... If this I, – I said I said it in the tweet a tweet either last week or a few weeks ago, but Dominic Kubelik is easily the best move to, uh, Stan Bowman made in 2019.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, by a mile. Like, the fact that the – I mean, the Kings – the Kings had him and didn't know – like, that that's the craziest part to me. They drafted him in the seventh round, and he never signed in. And it's – that's the most fascinating part to me is that this guy was in the Kings organization, so somebody was watching him or someone had to be watching him regularly – and they didn't see anything, but someone from the Blackhawks is like, "Yeah, this this guy might not suck, and now he's on pace for thirty goals this year, which is just just crazy um which and tells you why the Los Angeles Kings are in the uh the pits of despair that they're in right now.
2: but that pipeline is
1: nice
2: i mean
0: it's it's made nicer if Gabe Velarde ever gets healthy. that's fair.
1: But speaking of players who've been playing very well of late, uh, Jonathan Taves is on fire as well. I think much of that can be attributed to him and Kubelik just finding a good chemistry together, which just seems like this is how it works with Taves is it's either with Saad or with Kane or with some other linemate he clicks with, and they just torch the NHL for a couple of weeks. But I, I I'm starting to get less concerned about, like, I'm starting to be more – Faith or more believing in a in Taves hanging around for two or three years, still being a viable top one or two center than I was, I think, one or two years ago. Shepard, are you feeling the same way about him?
0: Thirty seven points in his last thirty seven games. You're goddamn right I'm feeling better <laughs> about about Jonathan yeah. Taves. Yeah, I was uh, he's he's he looks a lot at times, especially there's the, the the five on three penalty kills recently where he just looked like old Taves. We just dominated those five-on-three penalty kills, and it was like, "Oh, wait, are they playing five-on-four or 5 on 5 Because that guy's just taking the puck away. Um, Taves looks like he actually has some anger and is playing with some emotion again. Yeah, and that's a better Taves.
1: And that the goal he scored against Ottawa in overtime—I know it's three-on-three, three, so you have a lot more space to work. But just the way he just kind of casually just glided around the zone with the puck, just weaved it in and out of defenders, and it's like you know what, let, let's go home and skated in and just buried one right under the bar. Like, that's that's the Jonathan Taves from, like, five, ten years ago when he was in his prime and, you know, just breaking into the league and wowing everybody. I feel like we haven't seen that, Taves. Like, I haven't seen Taves do something like that consistently. I, I couldn't tell you the last time. It's probably back in the cup years. But that was, I think, the most encouraging sign with just – he flashes that offensive ability that you know he has. He was never on par with Kane offensively no. speaking, but you would see little spurts from time to time like I mean we can go back to the goal he scored against the Avalanche in his rookie season. Like there there's a a much higher offensive ceiling there that I don't think uh gets recognized as much as because he's so good at every other aspect of the game. But it's been I think Taze's resurgence is, is encouraging because it leads you to believe that maybe he can be a decent contributor to this team while he's still getting $10 million on the salary cap every year. Right. Um,
0: and yeah. and again, part of that is the Sod-Taves-Kuvalik line, which is, which when Sod returns might be their the Blackhawks best.
1: Yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to see what the lines look like when, when Strom and Sod come back, because the Debrinkit-Strom and Kane line, just it's such a one-way line that it may not be the best idea, but now you have Kubalik into the top six discussion. So, I mean, do you mix like, do you do like Strom with sod and Brinket and then Tayscan Kubalik, or do you put Sod down with DeBrinket and Strom? And like, I don't know. There there's there's a lot of combinations that can work out with those. I think those are your main top six guys. And then with that, then you bump, Carpenters down in the bottom six with Zach Smith, who scored two goals tonight or last night, tonight, tonight. Tonight, I can't remember. Too many games. And then uh, and it, Zach Smith, Kajula, Carpenter, all those guys that are supposed to be in the bottom six are down in the bottom six. And this looks like the four group that we saw at the start of the season that we looked at on paper and said, this seems like it could score a lot of goals. And I think that's where, if you're looking for something optimistic about this team, uh, I think that's one thing you can definitely hang your hat on is they're scoring without... Uh, two of the better top six forwards in the lineup, and you get those two guys back, everyone keeps playing at this high level, maybe this team goes somewhere. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
0: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing?
1: Sorry, Chip.
0: Just go to frito com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void hip prohibitive. Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at
1: frito com. But before we now to completely turn tables from all this optimism, and I'm going to apologize to Brandon and Shepard because I didn't mention this to you guys in the pre uh, pre-show discussion, but I oh, didn't want to hell, touch Dave. on this a little bit. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to call an auto it. And completely rattle, you guys. Oh, man. Kirby Doc has not been producing much of anything lately. Had a, and it's, I think the most discouraging thing about that is he's gotten time on the top power play unit, and he's not scoring anything. He's, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm writing him off. He's 18 years old. It's his first season. All those caveats. I'm not worried about him. I just—is there anything worth mentioning or discussing about the fact that he's in a very, very cold, cold, cold slump right now?
0: The thing about the first unit power play is that nobody's producing on it. So
1: well, I was to bring it but yeah, I, I it's I the Blackhawks' I mean, power play. It's where it's where offensive streaks go to die.
0: <laughs> I I just really wish Let's we could send- that. I just really wish we could send Doc to the AHL
1: at this point. Ah, uh, I, well, I mean, what's he going to get out of the AHL though?
0: What's he going to get out of the WHL or the OHL, wherever they have to send, wherever wherever they have to send him? That it's he will get more playing time and he'll get like professional experience in the AHL. It's the same thing with Alex Delander.
1: You know, I remember writing about Kirby Doc after he had his two goal game earlier in the season, and it was kind of like charting out which after that two-goal game, he has one goal since. That two-goal game was uh, game number 14 that, that he played in this season. He's now up to 42 games and hasn't scored since. So that's – my math is correct. 28 games without a goal. And he's got two assists in that time. Or, excuse me, there's one goal in there. 28 games with one goal and one assist. Yikes. And I know <laughs> he wasn't going to walk in and be a 70-point guy. He was not kind of McDavid, but – He's playing, like, like. look at the last handful of games. I'm going to read his ice time. This is starting. We'll just do the games starting with uh, mid-December. 13.03, 13.43, 13.43, 13.28, 14.15, 14.59, 15.52, 20.32. He's getting a lot of ice time, and he's not really doing much production with it.
0: The, 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 knock, the knock on him entering the draft last year and sort of as a prospect was that he was inconsistent, that he, had a, that he had a long streak in the middle of the season where he just disappeared. And that's translated to the NHL.
1: Yeah. So.
2: But I want to hear from Brandon.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon.
2: Well. <clears throat> I thought that they should have sent him back to the WHL like the Oilers did with Leon Dreisaitl. Um where you send him before he hits that 40-game mark so he doesn't become a UFA a year earlier. Uh, they didn't do that because Dylan Strom got hurt and Brandon Saad was hurt. I feel like if those two guys were healthy, then he would be back in juniors. Uh, just because of this you know, slump that he's in, they'd be like, well, we can kind of justify this and with the fan base and say, hey, we're saving a year on his contract so him and Boquist don't come up at the same time you know, that sort of situation. Um, one reason why the Oilers did that with Drysidal is because Prince Albert is not far away from Edmonton. Right. Don't know if you guys know this, but Saskatoon, Saskatoon is a little bit further away from Chicago than um, Edmonton and <laughs> Prince Albert are. So
1: yeah, and it's that sound like-
2: probably played a little bit of a role in it, and I don't think they have anyone out there in the WHL who's like, Buddy, buddy, with Chicago. Um, now like they, they don't like, have like
1: Brian Campbell with the London Knights. Like, yeah, right. you're,
0: you're saying you're saying Chris Kunitz <laughs> wouldn't want to live in Saskatoon.
2: <laughs> I don't, probably not. I, I don't even know where he's from. Do you guys know? Canadian, he's future right?
1: Future Alex DeBrinken, remember he's from Farmington <laughs> Hills, Michigan.
2: Yeah, <laughs> was Back to the Future. Yes, exactly, stuff. exactly. Yeah, so that's what that's what I. Thought they should have done. Um, I think he'll <laughs> probably turn it around. I, if he would have gone to World Juniors, that probably would have helped as well. Because in the grand scheme of things, it's five Playing six Yeah, well, it's five six games that you're missing in the NHL, like big whoop de do, and they had a longer break. I think than normal. Um, so he he said he went home, anyways, like for that week. So it wasn't like he was in Chicago having Christmas with the Seabrooks. So it's like, what do you what what, what did he gain by being here for two weeks? You know, you just send him to the Czech Republic. He can have fun with his buddies that he's played with before. Um, so I think it was a missed opportunity to get the guy his confidence and have him come back and see what happens.
1: Well, the, the other side of that coin is he, he's going through that slump now and he's going to learn how to snap himself out of it so that you're, you're, getting the growing, you're getting those growing pains out of the way as soon as possible and that you know he's around guys like Taves Kane and others that have had slumps so he can learn from the best because if he was in the WHL, was he going to have a scoring slump like this? Probably not. He's going to score – Two three points a night, you know. I I know he's going to learn from there. I don't know what he's going to learn from Rockford because,
2: well, he can't go there.
1: Well, I know he can't go there, but I mean, even even hypothetically, could like I don't. I I feel like with him, it's it was like NHL or bust. Like, like even if he spent his this season in the WHL, he was never going to the AHL. He was skipping the minors, coming straight to the pros, no matter what. So, that's fair. yeah. yeah, I get, and I guess so, – so we'll see. I, I think just with him, it's it's not – I don't want to make it sound like a cause for alarm, but it's just worth pointing out he's he's going through some early struggles. Like I, I was hoping he would be – you know, based off ice time and everything else, if you compare it to the other rookies, and this was an article I wrote like a month ago, you were looking at like a 40 – like upper 30s, low 40-point season based on the ice time he was getting at the time. His ice time has gone up since then. So you're thinking maybe closer to the mid-40s, maybe even 50-point range. I think right now he's sitting on six goals and five assists. That's 11 points in 41 games. So he's only got two and 28. So he can certainly catch a hot streak here and, and uh, let, uh, uh, progress back to the mean a little bit more. But um, just just something to keep an eye on because um, the the hope was that he would be I think you were hoping for a little more production out of him this season than we are getting at the moment. And the fact that he didn't fatten up when the Hawks are playing some inferior opponents like they have for the last month, that's a little bit discouraging too. So maybe he'll play better against better competition. I don't know. but that was yeah,
2: I think it would be interesting to see among those rookies to see how much or how many hits they're taking compared to Doc. Because I know he's just like – a bullseye on the ice.
1: Yeah, it's it does seem like he gets, <laughs> he, it, it, he doesn't always get run over. There. Like like he gets he gets plastered the boards enough, but there's been a few instances where guys have tried to take him out, and he's actually returned the the favor and ran that guy over. I can't remember there was there was one collision he had a couple of weeks ago where it looked like he was going to get drilled, and he ended up skating through the other guy, which was like oh all right, and and he's still 18 years old so.
2: Yeah. I mean he's never gonna be like a Matthew Kachuk type. Where he's gonna dole out the hits himself, but Oh
1: my god, I can't believe I took the side of a Kachuk in a fight, but as soon as Zach Hashin opened his mouth, I was like, I hope Matt Kachuk pounds his face and I don't care. I love my favorite part of that whole part was when Zach Hashin said, I'm a he's got like thirteen goals this year, so now that somehow validates him as a hockey player. Like, all right, dude. What whatever. <laughs>
2: I I enjoyed the back and forth just to see the whole battle of Alberta thing get a little hype because it's been dead for like two decades.
1: Yeah, because both franchises have been dead for about two decades. Well, Flames have been a little better of late, but Edmonton, maybe maybe Edmonton will tank again and get another number one draft pick. Who knows? As we're starting to wrap things up here, we wanted to take a quick look at the upcoming games for the Blackhawks. They've got three more left before they have a 10-day layoff for the All-Star break and the uh, bye week mandated by the CBA recently. So we've got Saturday night. They are in Toronto. They come home on Sunday and host the Winnipeg Jets, and that's a guaranteed win because the Hawks don't lose on the tail end of back-to-backs, such as the game tonight against Montreal. And then on Tuesday, Joe Quinville comes back with the Florida Panthers to the United Center for the Hawks' last game prior to the All-Star break. And given the way the Hawks played and the last game before the christmas break really hoping that they decide to show up for that one because if the hawks lose that one badly that's that's going to be really really poor timing and it's just it's going to be a week and a half of a lot of things that i don't think anybody wants to deal with right now but we'll worry about that game later uh Shepherd price i'll come to you first uh the next two or three games coming up, though, uh, anything you're watching, any keys you're looking out for, or what's on your mind about these uh, upcoming contests?
0: It's been said that uh, Brandon Saad and Dylan could potentially look to join the team in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that's true, I want two wins in the next three games. Because if they can win two games against these next three opponents, um, one likely being from Winnipeg, as you said, and beating either Toronto or Florida, I think... Weirdly, that the optimism will continue to come back and that the Blackhawks will start to look like an actual team again that they haven't looked like in quite some time.
1: Yeah, I I think two wins is probably a good barometer. I think, I mean, three points to keep the optimism going, I think you need a minimum of three points out of the next three games. The game Saturday night against Toronto is going to be difficult just because, you know, Toronto's got a ton of offensive firepower, they've got a ton of speed. It seems like the type of team that has given the Hawks fits uh, in in recent years. Although the Hawks seem to always show up against Toronto, I, and, I, yeah. missing, and Toronto's is
0: missing and Toronto is missing their number one defender now too. I've
1: yeah, Morgan Riley, yeah killed my fantasy team right now. But no one cares because no one cares about my fantasy team except me, and even I really don't. But yeah, without without Morgan Riley, the blue line that was already questionable in Toronto gets even more questionable. My uh lasting memory of Morgan Riley now because he's out for two or three months is gonna be uh Connor McDavid turning him inside out on that ridiculous goal he scored a few weeks ago. Which to be fair to Morgan Riley is I think that happens to everyone because Connor McDavid's just that much better than everyone else in the world. But that was just uh, a
2: McDavid goal. It wasn't like a really ridiculous goal. It's just like yeah it's Connor McDavid. He does that
1: shit. It's yeah. I mean there's
2: there's guys who can there's guys who can
0: absolutely stay with Connor McDavid though. Who? Jakob Slavin, oh. Shea oh, I was I was gonna say Zach Smith, but okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> twenty eleven, Duncan Keith, or yeah, twenty thirteen, Duncan Keith.
0: The two that best shutdown defenders in the league right now, Jakob Slavin and Shea Theodore.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, your boy Shea Theodore. I've never uh-huh. seen a tweet about him at all. Especially not today. Can Can you get the bla- him to come to Chicago yet? I don't know. Oh, I'm trying. Work some channels somehow. I'm trying. He would look really good in a Hawks uniform. I know. Uh, Brandon Cain, or, sorry, Shepard, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, you're good.
1: you good? Okay. Just more, more waxing poetic about Shea Thane. Yes. Okay. Uh, Brandon Kane, what about you? Upcoming two or three games, I know you'll be at two of them at the United Center. What are you going to be watching from the press box while you're crushing meatballs or whatever they're serving that night?
2: Well, I hope this happens on Sunday, um, is that Kane gets his uh, – 1,000 point.
1: Right, right, yeah. Because be way I've way already
2: covered one 1,000-point 1, game with Eric Stahl earlier this season. So if I can get a two-for-two, two, that'd be pretty nice.
1: But Eric Stahl did not do his all-with-one team. He's bounced around all over the NHL. Canes would be...
2: All-with-Chicago, uh, all yeah. So that'd be cool. Uh, and then also, who gets their... This will be something to monitor probably, like, throughout the season because I don't think it will be decided in these next three games. But who reaches 100 goals in their career first, Zach Smith or Duncan Keith?
1: That is a very good prop bet. I have no idea.
2: Zach Smith is two away now, and Duncan Keith is sitting at 99.
1: I mean, Zach Smith scored two goals tonight, so I don't think he's about to go off on a dominant Kubelik-like tear. But, I mean, he's also – But how hilarious would that be, though? (laughs) <laughs> I, I I saw someone make the tweet about what happens if Duncan Keith scores his hundredth goal and Kane gets his thousandth point on the same goal. And I, ah, I did they shit. just take the net out and give it to both of them? Just, just saw it in half.
2: Now that's definitely going to happen on Sunday. Damn it. Dave!
1: <laughs> eh, you're welcome. Enjoy, enjoy writing about that one. Um, but yeah, it'll
2: probably happen in like the final minute too. Like that pecorine emptying that that was a blast oh god
1: <laughs> you know what let's let's not talk about that game that game was <laughs> that, that i don't i don't know why that game took so much that that was an especially just deflating loss i don't know is because the hawks have been playing better of late or ju- just the way it happened or pecorine dunking on them with the the goal at the end but That that one sucked. Like that, of of all the wins they've had this season, that one really stood out as just being especially painful.
2: Yeah, I also want to see if Leonard gets these next two starts, and then Crawford gets the game against Quinville.
1: Well, Leonard won't because that would
2: be like a goaltending showcase, like Elabuck and Leonard. Like I'd be, yeah, sign me up for that.
1: Leonard's not going to do two games in a row, though, right? Like Crawford will. Crawford maybe saw Saturday, Saturday. Oh,
2: they are back to back.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. I could see Crawford going against Toronto to see it sort of play off the angle of last season. Right. He right. was he was in that eight seven shootout right.
2: Uh. Yeah. No, he wasn't. That was Delia or Ward. Cam Ward. That was Cam Ward.
1: Yeah. How, how how dare you forget the Cam Ward era in Chicago. <laughs>
2: He's a leap day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Random fact, there you go.
1: Oh, thanks. That, that he, gets was, a
2: birth- like, he gets a birthday this year. Right? He's like,
0: what, eight? <laughs> 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 if that, he's probably seven.
1: Oh, we, we We've officially gone off the rails. We're talking about leap year birthdays. All right. Um, but bringing it back to hockey for a second, uh, I, I think what Shepard said about the two, I think if the Hawks get two wins over the next three games, we'll be able to feel much better about them heading into the stretch that's coming up in February. Because I want to pull up this tweet really quickly from Al Samaglia, who covers the Hawks for, I think, Fox 32, was it? Or, I, he, used, he used to be the Fox Chicago correspondent, but I don't know if he does it anymore. I don't even know if Fox, uh, Fox Chicago has a Blackhawks correspondent anymore.
2: I didn't even know there was a Fox Chicago
1: Oh well now you've learned something. Congratulations. But it was it was discussing the Blackhawks upcoming schedule. Here this is the here it is. For those thinking the Hawks have a chance of making the playoffs, this is a must win. This was referring to the Ottawa game. Next month the Hawks play fourteen games, eleven on the road, and most are against teams probably going to make the playoffs. So we can touch on this next week. We'll we'll get more in depth in this during that big break coming up, but I think what we'll we'll find out exactly what this Blackhawks team is in the next month. Uh, And like I said, they can get those two wins, fatten up a little bit more against some more inferior opponents that like they've already done. Winnipeg seems to be not doing as well. The Florida Panthers are still kind of hanging out in the fringe of the wild card spot in the East, I believe. So there is certainly, the Toronto game will be tough. If They get a win against Toronto. I think you're playing with house money for the rest of the, the pre break games. But you get two wins out of that, you're feeling pretty good about everything. You assume side Strom return by the end of that massive layoff of uh, of games, and then we hit February and we'll find out exactly how good this team is. or how bad or how bad and And I think I mean I, I, the, the good thing about that is is if they if they play well in that stretch, like say they of those 14 games, they win like nine, eight, nine of them they'll probably be right in the middle of contention. If not, if they only win like four or five, they really go in the tank, maybe only win two or three. The trade deadlines at the end of that month, you can sell because you know your team's not going anywhere. So it's actually kind of convenient that they have that really tough stretch coming up.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: just one more thing. I want to, I want I to do this just for fun. Uh, I'm looking at the gold differential column in the NHL right now. Uh, the Blackhawks are minus 12, which isn't great. Oh, somehow the Calgary Flames have 55 points in 48 games despite a minus 10 goal differential. I'm going to read the goal differentials at the bottom of the Eastern Conference just because they're great. New Jersey's minus 39. Ottawa's minus 34. Anybody want to guess what Detroit is? Minus 69. I knew you were going to do it, <laughs> and uh, you're not quite bad enough. 83. 81. Also, also nice, nicely done, but minus 81. In 47 games, the Detroit rogues have a minus 81 goal differential. God, it is so much fun that the Red Wings suck. I was at the Hawks-Red Wings game. People were tanting Detroit sucks and it was actually true. Sorry, I'm I'm very petty about this. The Red Wings ruined my childhood because they always beat the Hawks. So. It's good There's a group it's good of
2: season ticket holders that sit right below the press box and they are pretty vocal and Pretty funny group. And they were chanting Detroit sucks. And then the game against Anaheim, they were doing the player intros. And one guy just yells sucks after every single one, because that's just his shtick, I guess.
1: I've I've seen I've experienced that at other hockey stadiums.
2: And <clears throat> so he says, Sucks, 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 whatever. John Gibson comes up, he looks at his buddy and he goes, He doesn't suck. <laughs>
1: Well, you can uh, the potential goalie for Team USA if there's ever an Olympics again, right? Because yeah, he's an American yeah. player. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: So I just yeah. that the was just. The next I love that he drew the so line funny. at John
1: Gibson though. Like. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there aren't a ton of great players on Anaheim anymore, but I don't I don't know if John Gibson's where I'm drawing that line.
0: I mean, the he the guy knows his hockey. John Gibson is going be the next is gonna be the best goaltender
2: in the next decade. Yeah, it was just like super funny. It was just like, yeah, sucks, sucks, sucks. I, no, I can't really justify saying
1: that. <laughs> I think that right there is a perfect way to end this podcast. Uh, any other last thoughts, gentlemen?
2: D two is the best one.
1: Hmm. I'll allow it. I, I I'm It's like up. it's
0: like it's like the Star Wars trilogy.
1: <laughs> the second one's always the best. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well it, it and not not
1: not in, the, not in the case of the prequels, but Yeah. Well we we pretend those don't exist. Uh Shepard, any other final thoughts for you? Brandon Sod, come back to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like I said I'll be I'll be very interested to see what happens with this team when Sod and Strom are at the line. If they keep doing this, those two come in and they play better. Maybe things won't suck in February. I don't know. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, I am your host, Dave Melton. I'm on Twitter at underscore Dave Melton. Brandon Kane is at Brandon M. Kane. Shepard Price is at Shepard Price. There's secondcityhockey.com. The Twitter account for that is at 2ndcityhockey.com. Definitely check out our website. We're going to have a ton of content coming up in the next week and definitely got a lot of stuff to to fill the days between games that are coming up at the end of this month. So stay tuned to the website and the podcast. We'll have a ton of stuff coming your way keeping you up to date on everything involving the Blackhawks. Uh, Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate uh, everyone that listens and interacts with us on the show. And uh, for the love of God, I guess, go Hawks.